wasn't there. Uh, I know that's I know that's what y'all were expecting uh, on this Resurrection Sunday. Uh, and although I love that, I love that story. I love it. Uh, but the reality is, uh, I believe uh, that in order to really understand the power of the resurrection, uh, you, you got to dig a little bit, just a little bit deeper than that. So we're going uh, I know somebody I was listening to some messages this morning, somebody preaching about the stone being rolled away. And I'm going to go and check out some of them uh, after we close out. But that's not that's not what we're doing here today. Today, uh, in celebration of this resurrection, I, I, I want to focus on what the resurrection means to me. I want to I want to highlight how how his resurrection benefited my life. That's that's what I want to talk about today. So we're going to talk about the power of his resurrection. And Paul uh, writes a letter to the church in Philippi. Uh, and Paul writes uh, these words in chapter three, verses nine through 11. He says, I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ for God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. I mean, after all, this is abundant faith. Christian churches seem suitable to me. He says, I, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death so that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. Uh, We're going to get through this fairly quickly. y'all. I, I ain't got too long. You know, y'all remember the days of the Easter speech. Y'all remember? I remember the Easter speech days when you had to, you had your little part you had to memorize for the, for the Easter speech. Well, I just, I just want to give my little Easter speech. Uh, we ain't gonna, we ain't gonna stay long. Just, uh, just bear with me as I, as I try to remember my part uh, to the, to the Easter speech. If I get caught up, y'all remember the Easter speech. If I get caught up, y'all, you know what y'all supposed to say? Take your time, baby. You, you know, y'all, y'all remember the Easter speech. Y'all wasn't there. Y'all wasn't there for the Easter speech. All right, but but let's let let let's let's uh, let's look at the text real quick, y'all, because I believe uh, that resurrection power, uh, it, it's an it's an infinite power. Uh, but for the sake of today, let, let's cut it down for the sake of today. I, I want to highlight three things that the power of resurrection does. Uh, uh, the first thing that I want you, I want you to write this down. Uh, I, know, I know we're excited, but we, we, we still got to learn some stuff. I want you to write this down. The first thing that resurrection power does is resurrection power uh, puts an end to religion. It ends religion. Okay, it ends religion. Watch this. Verse, verse nine says, uh, the B part of verse nine says, I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. So, so let me help you. Let me help you understand how resurrection power ends religion. First, we really have to uh, really gain an understanding for what religion really is, okay? Um, because uh, somebody is 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 ready to argue me down. If we was if we was face to face in the sanctuary, you would have stood up in your seat and interrupted the whole Easter speech because because you say, "How can resurrection power in Christianity? Christianity is a religion. How can resurrection power?" in Christianity. And, and I would argue with you that resurrection power uh, didn't end Christianity. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, resurrection power catapulted Christianity 
and at the same time ended religion. Watch this. You got to really understand what religion is. Religion is defined in this way. Religion is defined as a specific fundamental set of beliefs and practices generally agreed upon by a number of people or sects. Okay, so all, all religion is, is a fundamental belief, a specific fundamental set of beliefs and practices generally agreed upon by a group of people. That's, that's all religion is. So watch this. Religion doesn't have to have anything to do with spirituality. Let me, let me prove it to you real quick. We good? We good? We good? Are good? Okay. Because I, I got to make sure because I, I need you to get this. Religion doesn't necessarily have anything to do with spirituality. Watch this. For some people. Listen, I need you. If, if y'all not following Abundant Faith on social media, I need you to do it right now. If you haven't subscribed to the YouTube, I need you to do it right now. I need you to do it now because I might get canceled after I say this. Okay. So, so go ahead and do this now. For some people. For some people, politics is your religion. Okay. All right. Watch this. Let me, let me hurt somebody's feelings. Let me hurt somebody's feelings. Because for some people, you watch CNN, CSNBC, RTV, whoever else, WXYZ, you got more hours on the political news stations than you have in prayer. Okay. All right. All right. You know more political policies than you know scriptures. For, for, for some people, politics is your religion. How, how can politics be your religion? Because all religion is, is a specific fundamental set of beliefs and practices that are agreed upon by a group of people. Sound like politics to me. Watch this. Watch this. You, re religion doesn't necessarily have anything to do with spirituality because my hope and prayer, my, my honest to God hope and prayer, is that bathing is a part of your religion. I, I, I'm really, I, I really hope that that is a fundamental <laughs> belief and practice that you bathe daily. I, I hope and pray. I hope and pray that you that you believe strongly uh, in bathing. I, and, and so you, you you bathe religiously. That that's that that's that's religion because because it's very specific. It's fundamental. We can all agree that it's necessary. OK, so 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 that 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 can be a religion um, for some of us. Th this next area of religion, some of us are more committed to than others. But 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 eating can be religious. Okay, we, we all agree that we should have at least three meals a day. Some of us are completely maximizing those three meals. Praise God. But that's all right. We 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 going to pray for you. That's that, that's OK. That's OK. My, my point is my point is you can do anything religiously. Religion doesn't necessarily have anything to do with spirituality. So the resurrection, the power that came in the resurrection, the power that came in the resurrection was able to put an end to religion because watch this, uh, 
the followers of Christ, the followers of the way, the believers of the most high God, they, they were functioning out of religion. They, they were they were used to functioning out of religion. They functioned out of the law. OK, so God in the Old Testament gave Moses the law, the Levitical law, even in the New Testament, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, all of that stuff, the, the, the ministry of Jesus, the earthly ministry of Jesus, that all functioned out of Levitical law. That all functioned out of the law. And here's the problem with the law. The problem with the law is that the law was religion. OK, so so the people who practice the law, the, the, these people believe that we should practice these behaviors, whatever the law stated. They believe that we should practice uh, the, these these behaviors. Well, here was the problem with the law. The problem with the law and practicing these behaviors religiously and not and not having a, 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 an aspect of spirituality. The problem was the law lacked accountability. I know I'm messing with some of y'all's theology today. The law lacked accountability. Pastor, how can the law lack accountability? The whole thought process behind the law. If, if you do this, this is your punishment. If you if you say this, this is your punishment. If you don't do this, this is your punishment. If you do this, this is the sacrifice that you need to give. How in the world could the law lack accountability? Well, I'm going to tell you how the law lacked accountability. The law lacked accountability because the law was able to substitute accountability for religion. Watch this. What was beginning to happen in the law or what ended up happening in the practice of the law is that people would stop looking at the need for sacrifice and just start making the sacrifice. Watch this. Okay. So, so if, if, if me, uh, if me telling a lie, required me sacrificing a goat people would just get sacrifices ready with the thought that i, I know i'm going to do something so i'm just going to get my sacrifices ready i'm just going to have a prayer i'm just going to go to the synagogue and i'm going to do what i'm supposed to do i'm, I'm just going to do whatever whatever it is that i need to do i'm, I'm just going to go and make my sacrifice and so they just begin to make sacrifices religiously and not really holding themselves accountable and, and, and doing things like like, OK, well, I can do this even though I know it's wrong because because I have enough cattle to make up for what I did wrong. And so it, it the law really it really lacked accountability. And then not only did it lack accountability, but also the law really couldn't be upheld because. You didn't have enough to sacrifice to make up for all the stuff you needed to sacrifice for. So it lacks accountability. It couldn't really be upheld. The law just was a, a, a religious practice. But I need you to understand. I need you to understand that the law was necessary because the law taught us our need for Christ. The law taught us our need to end religion and to really gain uh to really gain uh, spirituality in our lives. So watch this. You got to understand that the law was necessary to show to show the need for Christ, because watch this, the the the, uh, the death and resurrection of Christ moved us from from law to grace or from law to gospel. OK, y'all know what gospel is, right? Gospel is good news. What's good news? The good news is Christ came. He died. He rose again. We all on the same page. Good. Glad. All right. So the law, the resurrection took us from law to grace. So watch this. The law was a guilt system. OK, you're guilty. So here's how you make up 
for what you did wrong. The law was a guilt system. But the gospel is a grace system. The grace system says, yes, you're guilty, but I recognize and realize that there's nothing you can do to make up for what you're guilty of. So I'm going to give you the grace to get on, to move on. Okay. All right. So the law is a guilt system. The gospel is a grace system. The law is a is, is simply a religious practice, whereas whereas uh, uh, the gospel, the gospel is is a spiritual a spiritual practice, a spiritual belief system. OK, so 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 what happened with the resurrection was uh, it taught us and showed us and gave us a new covenant, this new this new testament, this new covenant, this new understanding, this new promise, this new access to God that says now you can no longer be made righteous. This is what Paul is teaching us. You can no longer be made righteous through religious practice. Now you are only made right by having faith in the resurrection. Okay, y'all with me? I hope y'all with me. I hope y'all with me. So, so the, the power of resurrection says, the power of resurrection ends religion and says, and says, I don't go, I don't attend church, whether it's virtually or in person, whatever the case may be. I don't attend church out of religious practice. I attend church because God gave me the grace to get up this morning. And the least I can do is go visit his house and give him the praise he deserves. I, I, I'm not, I'm not here attending because of religious practice. No, I don't pray because of religious practice. I pray because by faith, I'm believing that God will do what I'm asking him to do. No, I, I don't I don't give out of religious practice. I give because by faith, I believe that if I honor God's house, that God will honor my house. I've moved from a place of religious practice to a place of, of a spiritual relationship. Speaking of relationship. The second thing that the resurrection power does is helps us to endure relationships. I know I know that sounds funny. It sounds funny. But resurrection power, y'all, helps us to endure relationship. Watch this. Watch this. Verse 10. Paul says, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. Get this. He says, I want to suffer with him sharing in his death. Now, now this, this is this is some deep stuff. This is some crazy stuff, because Paul says Paul first starts off. He says, I want to know Christ. All right. Y'all missed it. Y'all missed it. Paul says, above all else, I, I, I want to know. I want to know Christ. You got to get this. Paul says, I want to know him. Paul says, I want a relationship with Christ. He says, he says, I want to be able to do more than identify Christ. I want I want to get to know him. I, I want to share in his experiences. All right. All right. Y'all missing it because in this in this age of social media, you, you, you've grown to believe that because you follow somebody and because you like the few pictures that, you know, me No, 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 you don't know me. As a matter of fact, you, you think and you thought that if you saw me in the grocery store because you recognize me from a video or two or from a profile picture that, you know, me. No, you don't know me. You're just able to identify me. 
But in order to really know me, we got to experience some stuff together. In order for you to really know me, we got to spend some time together. We got to develop a relationship. You don't just you don't just jump into a relationship with anybody. I don't care what kind of title you put on it. You can't. It's impossible to just jump into a relationship with anybody because you relationships are built. Relationships are grown. You, you, you don't just jump into a relationship. You can't say that we have a relationship and we ain't never experienced nothing. We ain't never been on vacation together. We ain't never had dinner together. You, you, we ain't never, we ain't never exchanged pleasantries. Well, you, you gotta, you gotta really get to know somebody. And Paul says, I need to know Jesus. I, I need to be able to do more than just identify him. I need to be able, I, I, I need to know him. He says, I need relationship with him. And then he says, then he switches from I, I want to know him to I want to suffer with him and share in his death. Wait a minute, Paul, slow down, rewind. I'm cool with you wanting to get to know me, but I'm trying to figure out, Paul, what, what is it? Why is it that you want to suffer with him and share in his death? What, what's the thought process behind that, Apostle? I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. And Paul, Paul says, Paul says uh, in the text, he says, what you're missing is you got to understand that relationships are aren't easy. Okay. All right. Paul, Paul says relationships aren't easy, but the right relationships are worth it. Watch this. When you, when you get into an intimate relationship with somebody and y'all decide that y'all going to be married and y'all stand in front of all the people that you don't like and all them people you ain't seen in five years, when, when y'all have spent all that money on a a day y'all not even gonna remember when y'all stand in front of the preacher the preacher gives some uh, goes over some vows and he says some stuff like in sickness and in health for richer or for poorer for, for better or for worse until death does his part so 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 he's telling you early on in the vows that that this relationship ain't gonna be easy it ain't gonna be all good all the time there's gonna be some rough spots in this relationship there's gonna be you, you're not gonna always be healthy and ready to go there's gonna be some sickness sometimes the bank account ain't gonna always look the way we want it to look there might be some poor time as a matter of fact the rich and the poor ain't always got everything to do with money there's some times where your emotional well-being is poor. There's some times where your stamina is poor. There's some times where your mental health is poor. Uh, rich and poor ain't always got anything to do with money, but the preacher's telling you ahead of time that this isn't always going to be, as a matter of fact, uh, after you get married, the first thing everybody want to know, I don't know about your experience. I'll tell you about my experience. We wasn't married nothing but two minutes. And the first thing everybody wanted to know, when y'all having babies? Well, fam, can we get to the hotel room first? That's all I need. That's all I need to know. Uh, can, can you give me a minute? Can you can you give me some time? But they say you got to you gotta have some babies because babies, they're just the most beautiful thing in the world. And I'm going to tell you this. I wouldn't trade my babies for nothing. But but these jokers ain't easy. They're they, they not easy to deal with. They're not easy to raise. As, as a matter of fact, right here publicly I apologize to my parents I'm sorry I'm sorry for everything that I thought about everything that I did everything that I almost did I'm sorry because I'm, I'm getting it back right now but everything ain't gonna be easy this relationship is not going to be easy it's as a matter of fact your relationship who told you your relationship with God was gonna be easy the Bible tells us that if you're gonna be a follower of Christ you're gonna deal with some persecution you're gonna deal with some people talking you're gonna deal with some 
some issues, not because of who you are, but because of who God is. Who told you that your relationship with God was going to be easy? Paul said the relationship ain't going to be easy, but when it's the right type of relationship, it's worth it. He says, I want to experience with Christ what's hardest for him. He says, I want to I want to share in his suffering and experience his death. Uh, Paul, why do you want to share in his suffering and experience his death? Because Paul says you don't really know what a relationship is made of until you go through the hard times. Paul says, Paul says, I want to share in the hard times because it's in the hard times that I know what this relationship is really made of. Watch this. It's easy to be a part of the group. It's easy to be a supporter when everything is going well. It, it was easy for the disciples to follow Jesus when he's turning water into wine and when he's feeding the multitudes. That's easy. It's easy to follow Jesus when he's healing the sick and raising people from the dead. That's easy. It's easy to follow Jesus when he's out walking on the water and, 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 and he's out preaching to thousands and thousands of people. That's easy. But the problem is, will you be able to stick around and stay around when times get hard? Would you be able to keep your relationship with me when somebody offers you 30 pieces of silver? Would you would you be able to keep your relationship with me when things get a little touchy and I done said some stuff some people don't like and they come and ask me, do you know me? Is Are, are you going to are you gonna hold me down when they ask you, do you know me? Or are you going to deny me three times within a matter of a couple of hours? Are, are, are you going to be able to stay around when the times get hard? Can, can you can, oh, 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 thank you. Y'all, y'all, y'all say y'all might not know this, but there was a prophet somewhere that says sunny days. Everybody loves them. But tell me, baby, can you stand the rain? I, I, I need somebody that can stick by me in the rain. I need somebody that don't mind sharing an umbrella with me. I need somebody that don't mind getting wet and crossing through some muddy times. I, I want to know, can you stick around? But Jesus teaches us that the power of the resurrection also gives us the power to endure relationships. All right, we got to wrap this up. We got to go. We got communion, y'all. We got to get to communion. So watch this. The first thing that the resurrection power does is resurrection power ends religion. The second thing that resurrection power does is it helps us to endure the relationship. And the last thing that the resurrection power does is it helps us to experience the resurrection. Okay, watch this. Look at verse 11. Verse 11, Paul says, Paul says, the reason why I want to share in all the suffering, the reason why I want to share in the death is in verse 11. He says, so that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. Paul says, I I'm willing to go through all of that because if I go through all of that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection power from my for myself. This is what I love about Jesus. Jesus was resurrected from the dead, but Jesus wasn't just resurrected for Jesus's resurrection sake. No, Jesus was resurrected so that we could also experience the same type of resurrection. Watch this. The Bible says that Paul says one way or another, I will experience resurrection from the dead. See, you got to understand and remember, recognize and realize that, that there is only one way for something to be resurrected. There's only one way. There's only one way for something to be resurrected. Y'all not going to want to hear it, but I got to give it to you anyway, because it's the truth. There's only one way that something can be resurrected. And the only way that a thing can be resurrected is that that thing first die. OK, so 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 here's here's the problem with most people. OK, let me say it like this. Here's the problem with religious people. 
Religious people want resurrection with no death. Okay. All right. Religious people want benefits with no responsibility. Okay. All right. Let, let, you you got you got to understand that in order for a thing to be resurrected, that, that thing must first die. And and here's a harsh reality that many times uh, there's only one way for the thing to die. Yeah, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of circumstances, a lot of situations, a lot of a lot of a lot of relationships, um, a lot of places. Uh, there's a lot of things in your life uh, that need to die. And, and a lot of those things uh, aren't going to die. Get this. Unless you kill it. OK. All right. All right. Uh, the, the, the notion that that all everything will take care of itself. Is, is a trick of the enemy. Uh, the notion that that ignorance is bliss, and if I just if I just ignore it, eventually it, it it'll just go away. No, no, that that ain't how that works. Uh, if you if you want some stuff to die in your life, you got to be willing to kill some stuff uh, in your life. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, uh, there, there's some things that we can look at in the death of Jesus uh, because because uh, Jesus says. Uh, my resurrection has given you the power to kill the unnecessary in your life. Okay. All right, Pastor, where you get that from? I don't see that in verse 9, 10, or 11. Where you get that from? Okay, let me, let me help you real quick. I need you to understand that Jesus' crucifixion and Jesus' death were actually two separate events. Some of y'all, some of y'all mad right now. Y'all mad at me right now because I just called your Sunday school teacher a liar. I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is why it's important that you read the scripture for yourself. You, you got to read it for yourself. Jesus's crucifixion and his death were two separate events. They happened together, but they were two separate events. Let, let, let me let me break this down for you. Jesus's crucifixion was Jesus being beaten and, and, and spit on. Jesus's crucifixion was being nailed to a cross and, and, and pierced in his side. Jesus's crucifixion was a crown of thorns being placed on his head. That, that was Jesus's crucifixion. But Jesus's death was not his crucifixion. Because if Jesus's death was the same as his crucifixion, that would imply that man killed Jesus. And I don't know when the last time you opened your Bible, but my Bible teaches me that no man could kill Jesus. As a matter of fact, Jesus said out of his own mouth, no man can take my life. So I freely give my life. There's no way you can kill me. So Jesus, how is it that you died? I might have allowed you to crucify me, but I had to kill myself. Okay, so Jesus' death and crucifixion were not the same event. And so because Jesus had the power to kill what needed to be killed in his own life, he also gave you the power to kill what needed to be killed in your life. But here's the power of the resurrection. The power of the resurrection says that the way it went down at the same way it's going to come up. <laughs> 
Huh. All right. Be, be, Paul says, because of the power of the resurrection, one way or another, I will experience the power of the resurrection. The Bible says that Jesus was nailed to a cross, but before he was nailed to the cross, he was beaten and his skin was ripped from his flesh. His beard was ripped from his face. He was unrecognizable. But the Bible says that when they got to the tomb Sunday morning, that when they saw a resurrected Savior, that that Savior was resurrected whole. Okay, all right. So, so that teaches us that the way the thing went down, the way his body went in the tomb, the body went in the tomb, beaten, bruised, broken down, and torn apart. But when the body was resurrected, it was resurrected made whole so paul says if i can experience his death and die like he did i might have died one way but when i get up i'm gonna be made whole and one way or another i'm gonna experience this resurrection whether i die or whether i'm caught up in the rapture one way or another i'm gonna experience this resurrection whether i die of natural causes or whether some maniac come and kills me one way or another I will experience his resurrection whether I listen somebody said I've already experienced the resurrection because one day I died to sin and he got me back up again so he said uh, he's called me out of darkness and into his marvelous life so you went in one way and you came out another Paul says one way or another I will experience his resurrection that is the resurrection power that's it that's the resurrection power here it is in a nutshell I'm sorry I could have gave you this first and just sat on down here's the power of the resurrection the power of the resurrection is this because Jesus died and got up you have no reason to stay dead Paul says all you have to do is believe by faith that because Jesus got up out of the grave that I can get up. I'm no longer a slave to sin. I'm no longer dying on my way to hell. No, because of that resurrection power, one way or another, I'm going to experience his resurrection. Somebody ought to give God praise. You really ought to say thank you. You ought to say thank you for the resurrecting power. You ought to say thank you. You ought to say thank you for the resurrecting power. You ought to say thank you for because that relationship that killed you, you ought to say thank you that God didn't let you stay there and he got you back up. Yeah, that, that, that job that, that killed every nerve you had, you ought to say thank you that God, that God got you up. For some of y'all, you ought to be thanking God for a promotion in a place you didn't even know you wanted to be in. You, you, you ought to be glad about the resurrecting power of Jesus Christ. It's the resurrecting power. It, it ends religion. It helps you to endure relationships and it helps you to experience. It allows you to experience the same power that raised Jesus from the dead in your own life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We honor you. We give you glory and praise God. We thank you for your resurrecting power. We, we, we were dead. We were dead in sin. But your resurrecting power got us up. 
God, we thank you. We thank you because, because we were dead in our flesh. But your resurrecting power got us up. We thank you. God, we thank you for everyone who is in this place that, that has experienced being born again. God, I'm praying right now for anyone in this space that's, that's not experienced it, but say, you know what, today is the day. I, today, I, I want to experience this resurrected power. God, we thank you because it's that resurrected power that heals the sin. God, we thank you because it's that same power that provides for people in need. God, we thank you because it's that same power that gives us strength when we're weak. God, we thank you because it's that same power that lights our path and helps us to see our way clear. God, we thank you because it's that same power that gives us faith to push through even when we feel like giving up. God, we thank you because it's that same power that allows us to trust you even in situations that seem unfavorable. Thank you for your resurrection, God. Now, God, I'm asking that you sweep through every heart. I'm asking that you sweep through every, uh, every highway, every car, every workplace. God, I'm asking that you touch each and every soul today. And God, I'm praying that anyone that has not experienced your resurrection power, anybody that doesn't know you as their personal Lord and Savior, God, I'm praying right now that they make the best decision they ever make in their lives. Is starting a relationship with you. God, I'm believing you for it even now. I'm thanking you for it even now. I'm giving you honor for it even now. We're praising you for it even now. We're thanking you for it even now. It's in the mighty name of Jesus we pray. And it's in that name we say amen. Listen, y'all, real quick, I, I gotta put this out here. If, 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 if this message resonated with you if this message resonated with you and you say you know what listen listen I don't care how long you've been in church because going to church without relationship with Christ is just religious practice if you don't know Christ as the savior of your soul the redeemer of your sins we need to change that here today. So this is what we're going to do. It's real simple. The Bible says that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Christ is Lord and that he died for your sins and rose again, that you'll be saved. It's that simple. So here's what we want you to do. We want you to text the word family. Just text the word family to number on the screen. 317-520-1892. Just text the word. I'm sorry. Text the word salvation. I'm sorry. Salvation. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm getting ahead of myself. Text salvation to the number on the screen. Text salvation. Now you can text family too. You can text family too. If you want to join the Abundant Faith family, you say, you know what, this is where I need to be. Listen, I, I'm going to put it out here like this. Uh, you, you, can, you can get your, your, your family membership here and you can get your salvation membership all in the same place. All right? All in the same place. All in the same place. So if you, if you need to give your life to Christ, text the word salvation. But yeah, if you want to join the Abundant Faith family, I'm going to tell you like this. We're unapologetic about it. We want you here. Okay? We ain't got nothing against no other church, but we feel like this is the best place for you to be. 
right? This is, this is where you need to be. All right? So if you want to do that, you can text family to the number of your screen. Last but not least, y'all, if you, if you just want somebody to pray for you, pray with you. Listen, the prayer team, they, they ready. I've told y'all before, I don't even know if they sleep. I don't even know if they sleep because they respond to messages and, and praying for people at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. And, and, and they're ready uh, to pray with you and pray for you. Uh, so send your prayer request to the number on your screen. You can send your prayer request in. You can remain anonymous if you want to. You can be as vague as you want to. You can be as specific as you want to. Whatever you need, but they're ready to pray for you. Our communion service. Uh, let's do this. I wanna, I wanna put out the announcements before communion so that we can just end. Is that alright? So let's do this real quick. Uh, if you missed our giving time, if you really didn't miss it, uh, you can do so at your convenience. You can send your gifts in. You can send your time, your offering, whatever you have, and you can send it to our PO box. You can send it in there. Uh, you can also get virtually the cash at the Dallas Church. You can also go to I want you to know, I announced it last week, I want you to know uh, that Abundant Faith is now offering grief support, okay, we're offering grief support, alright, so we, we want you uh, to take advantage of that if you need support, and listen, you might not even think you need it, but if you've lost a loved one, especially uh, in 2020, if you've lost a loved one, you need to contact us. Listen, reach out how you can. Put it in the comments. Uh, say, send me information. Inbox us if you need to. Uh, I, I think we're going to put a registration up. Uh, I work with the media team. We'll get a registration up uh, on our website. Listen, it's no cost to you. It's no cost to you, so you need to get the new support. We need to help our babies to be able to breathe properly. Uh, don't let somebody tell you that just because you know Jesus that you don't have to breathe. Don't let somebody tell you that because even Jesus cried over the loss of a loved one. All right, so so we want to offer that service to you uh, so you can connect with us uh, uh, and get signed up for uh, the time slot information. Right. Oh, I didn't tell y'all at the beginning of this message. Uh, I was just excited. I, I was just excited, so I didn't tell you. But this is the first Sunday in April, first Sunday. So we're going to be starting a new series. Uh, this was the first installment of the new series. Uh, <laughs> this new series is simply called Because He Got Up. Because He Got Up. So all through the month of April, we're going to be talking about all the benefits that come with the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Right, so we're going to dig into that for the rest of this month. Uh, and so, uh, so yeah, because he got up, we, we got resurrection power, y'all. Because he got up, all right? So you want to stay tuned with that. Make sure you're following us on all social media. Make sure you subscribe and all of that good stuff. Uh, and make sure you stay connected with us, all right? All right, let's keep moving. It's, it's community time, y'all. Uh, I want you to get what you have. Thank you. 
also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the covenant of my blood. This do as often as you drink it. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you will find the Lord's death. And he says, Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself. Thank you. 